where I, Henny, the self-proclaimed potato, unpack a variety of different topics. I think I finally figured out the recording thing. I think I got all the levels right. Hopefully this works out and I'm able to edit it and upload it as normal. The video uh, ones were fun, um, but I do find this to be a lot more true to what I'm used to and what I like. Um, but if you prefer the video ones, um, message me or email me and let me know and I will definitely pull them out once in a while. But yeah, so I am now in South Korea. I'm currently staying at a hotel in Seoul and I've been here for like two days now and I've spent the whole two days just in my hotel sleeping, resting, um, eating <laughs> and that's it because I've been feeling very, very under the weather. Thankfully, it's nothing serious. I'm feeling much better after two days of rest. I think it's just all the wine and dancing and fun <laughs> that I had in Portugal that caught up to me. Um, but yeah, I actually have some privacy, so I'm able to sit down and record an episode, which is awesome. But I, yeah, I had a few things I wanted to chat about. But before we get started, let's do our mindful moment. So get into a comfortable position. Close your eyes if you can. And we're just going to slowly bring the attention to our jaw. And just noticing if there is any tension there. If you have your jaw clenched, unclench your jaw. Remove the tongue from the roof of your mouth and let your jaw hang just a little bit. And then we're gonna move up to your temples and just notice any tension there. Massage it out with your fingers if you have your hands available to you. And then we'll move up to our forehead and eyebrows. Relax your forehead, uncrinkle and unfurrow your eyebrows. And again, just notice the tension there and massage it out again a little bit if you can. Down to our eyes. Look left, look right, up and down. Focus on something far away. Focus on something close to you. And then we'll do our neck. So we're gonna do right ear to right shoulder. Stretch out the left side of your neck. One more breath here. Back up. Left ear to left shoulder. Stretching out the right side, chin to chest, look down, and look up, slowly, up to the ceiling or the sky, and just give your neck a nice stretch, nice and slow stretch, and I'll head roll around, and then we're going to squeeze our shoulders up to our ears, so they're kind of our traps. We're going to squeeze and then relax. So squeeze up. Shoulders to your ears. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. Relax. And roll your shoulder blades back. One more time. Squeeze up. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. And relax. And roll them back. 
And then we're going to do a deep breath in together, hold and out. So in. Hold. And slowly out. One more deep inhale. Pause. And out. Good job. Okay, I have so many things I want to talk about and I don't know where I should start. First of all, so I went from Lisbon, Portugal to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to South Korea. So I had about a two to three hour layover in Amsterdam. But the flight from Lisbon to Amsterdam, I had the entire exit road to myself. I had actually paid extra so that I would get extra leg room. I don't know why I decided to pay for extra legroom for that flight and not the long flight that's actually 12 hours and the, not the three hour but anyway whatever whenever I was booking it that's what I decided to do it was probably a lot cheaper to get that extra legroom so I booked that and I was the only one um in my aisle and they closed the doors I was super excited I was like yeah I get the whole road to myself sweet and then I ended up falling asleep um before we took off and then I woke up to them coming around with the drinks and I see this man sitting next to me. So I was sitting at the window seat. He's sitting in, sitting in the aisle. And there's the empty um, seat in between us. And I was like, where did this guy come from? Like, the door was closed. Like, that was the, everybody. is so weird. And he comes, like, I had my headphones on, like, my big over-ear headphones because it has the noise canceling. And he kind of, like, reaches over to me and makes eye contact. So I, you know, look at him and I'm like, hi. And he's like, I hope you don't mind, but uh, we took off and there was no one sitting next to you and there's the extra leg room here. So I took this seat and I looked at him and I smiled and I said, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I definitely had like a moment of like, ugh, because <laughs> I wanted to like stretch out. Um, but obviously we still had the seat in between us. So I didn't actually care that much. And it was a short flight. So I was like, yeah, it's totally fine. Um, of course, sit there. And he was like a, a more... Uh, elderly gentleman so I was like yeah sure and he had like a really kind smile so I was like it's fine sure and then I fell asleep again I'm pretty sure I think I got my like water and snack or whatever from the flight attendant and I fell back asleep and ended up waking up and the night before I had just like a terrible sleep in the hostel um, I think I'd gotten like maybe two hours of sleep total there were people coming in really late and leaving really early and all sorts of stuff. So I really wanted to get some sleep and he reached over to me and like poked my arm and he was like, kind of said something along the lines of I'm trying this new thing of self-care where I challenge myself to do things that I'm scared to do. And the thing I've decided to do today is to reach out and to talk to somebody who has their headphones in, who's sleeping and who seems that like doesn't like want to be interrupted and so please like feel free to stop this conversation at any point in time but I would love to know your bit of your story because I think that you know we all have this blip in each other's lives when we're sitting next to each other on planes but we never get to know each other and he had this very like elaborate and eloquent way of putting things and I'm not gonna lie at the beginning I kind of like rolled my eyes internally I listened to him and I smiled 
I was being very polite about it all, but in my in my head, I was like, I am so tired. Like, I do not want to talk to this man right now. This man is probably in his, like, 60s. He ended up actually being in his 70s, but anyway, I'm really bad with, like, figuring age out. And so I was like, sure, I'll ent- I, in my head, I was like, okay, I'll entertain him for, a, like, a little bit. I'll entertain this thought. Um, he, you know, had the courage to reach out. I don't want to, like, crush him. So let's talk to him a little bit. And then when the conversation, like, um, like lulls, I will go back to sleep. Um, but so I started talking to him, and he basically – because I wasn't, like, quite sure what his intentions were at first – Um, he seemed really, really nice and really genuine, which is why even like talk to him in the first place. I would not talk to someone if I didn't feel that their intentions were genuine. I would not talk to them if I felt that they were wanting something more or wanting something sexual or anything like that, because obviously men hit on me in the wild. Like this happens to all women where we kind of get approached and harassed and it's not fun. And so I have my guard up a lot of the time, but this guy was really sweet and he was like, my wife is on the plane. Like she's right over there. And I don't know. I just like talking to people on the plane. So I was like, okay, maybe this guy just wants to chat and like, that's fine. So we start talking and the conversation gets pretty like deep pretty fast he asked me what I do and what brings me here and all this kind of stuff and the conversation kind of just takes off and I don't really hold back when I'm talking to people I'm pretty good at being vulnerable obviously I put my life on the internet um for anyone to listen who wants to but uh yeah in this conversation it's been a couple days I've been meaning to record this I wanted to record it honestly the day after like the day of but because I was feeling so sick um I didn't. I think I ate something bad on the plane because it was just I was just so nauseous for like two days. But uh, yeah, I wanted to do this right after. So I had everything fresh in my brain. It's not fresh anymore, but I will try to recall the conversation as best I can. But basically, we had a really lovely conversation. He told me his whole life story about his divorce and about his second wife and how his wife and him met um, through her ex-husband and how he has three sons and they're all doing great and how one of them is taking over his business and he's on the plane with his girlfriend. And, you know, there were some things that he said that culturally speaking, like he's from the States. Um, I can't remember where now, but he's from the States somewhere close to Florida and obviously with his generation and with his location and all this kind of stuff. Like there were some things that he said that I was kind of like, like tilting my head out a little bit, be like, Ooh, that's, that's a little, like, that's a bit of information I don't need type of thing, but it's all good. Um, he had really good intentions. So I kind of let it slide and I didn't really want to interrupt what he was telling me with being like, you don't really have to mention to like specifically say to me that his girlfriend is Vietnamese. Like I understand I'm Asian. It's not going to make me like you anymore knowing that your son has a Vietnamese girlfriend. But anyway, so we were just talking and it just made me think about how these little moments of talking to people and these connections that we have with people and being vulnerable with people that we don't know and strangers, whether that's in life or on the internet, um, the impact that it actually has on you that's lasting because as much as the conversation was short, um, it still was like deep and I did learn something about his life and I, he, like I was able to learn his life story a little bit and I being a therapist and doing what I do and just 
loving people's stories in general and obviously loving having guests on the show and stuff like that. I love hearing people's stories and I think I think of it as like a huge privilege to have people tell me their stories and to trust me with that information and to trust me enough to share certain aspects of their lives with me. So I always appreciate it and I always um, think of it as a huge gift. Uh, so for me, it really brings me joy and it really does fuel me when these interactions do happen. I was just really tired at the time, but I think normally I would have been happy to like listen and stuff from the get go. But again, because I was really tired and he was an older white man and I was like, ugh, <laughs> I had preconceived notions and stuff like that. Um, which is fair, uh, for me, obviously, but like, it's, you know, it's fair to have preconceived notions of th about things, but it's also important to kind of like put them aside once in a while is what, what I mean by that. Um, but yeah, I just had this really lovely conversation and it just made me think about how grateful I am for this podcast, how grateful I am for my job and my friends and everyone around me who shares their life story with me and their lives with me. Um, my friends, I had just finished like a week and a half-ish uh, with my uh, friends that I had just met last summer. I met them through really, really good friends of mine. And my really good friend obviously likes her friends. So I knew that I would like her friends as well. But this was the first time I like got to hang out with them one on one or I guess one on two. Like the they're a couple. So the three of us hung out and traveled Lisbon and uh, Portugal together. And it was just so amazing and so fun. And just having these connections all over the world and making connections and just like how small the world even is. It's just quite beautiful and I just wanted to share this story because maybe you'll listen to this and you'll be more inclined to have a conversation with a stranger um and don't t talk too much about yourself <laughs> don't tell them too much information about yourself if you are a solo female traveler <laughs> I'm on a lot of like women only travel blogs and pages and Facebook pages and stuff like that that um, I've done a lot of research on in the past when I st first started solo traveling and definitely one of the biggest things is like yes be like friendly and stuff but just like don't share too much information about yourself which I completely agree with and uh, in this case it was very similar I kind of told him like vague information about myself and more about like why I do things not like what exactly I'm doing and he was more happy to tell me about his life and I was happy to listen so yeah if you're traveling alone and you're a woman or if you're just traveling alone in general like just be a little bit more cautious about what you are sharing and your locations and stuff like that. Obviously, okay, I just went on like a mom tangent. But anyway, maybe you'll listen to this and maybe you'll give somebody a chance on the plane to talk to, whether that's another solo traveler or a potential friend or maybe a potential love interest or a potential, I don't know, just a random stranger that you talk to for two hours on a plane or an hour and a half or whatever. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about that really quickly. The second thing I really want to talk about is um, some stuff that came up in sessions with my clients in the previous months that I've had kind of tucked away in the back of my brain. And I think I've touched on this a little bit in the past, but it's been coming up more and more, um, not only for my clients, but for me as well. And it's something that I wanted to just do like a bit of a more deep dive on. And that's on trauma responses. So... Traveling solo can be, you know, really difficult. It can be really scary and it can bring up 
trauma like triggers it can bring up bad experiences it can create bad experiences like you're putting yourself in a pretty vulnerable situation that way for me I actually find I'm most comfortable in these types of situations um and over time and through therapy and self-reflection and things like that I've learned that I really thrive in uncomfortable situations or stressful situations because I'm hyper I I can be hyper vigilant and I'm comfortable with being hyper vigilant because of past trauma. And so I think of this and I had to have a moment where I was actually thankful for my trauma, which is a very strange thing to feel. Um, and I don't mean thankful as in like, oh, I'm so happy it happened, but I became more thankful about my trauma responses. I became more thankful for my body and my brain to create these responses and hardwire them into my body that when fight or flight things happen, like when I come in situations where I need to make quick judgment calls or whatever, I'm able to do that because my body and brain does it all the time. So when I'm in a really calm situation, it actually freaks me out and stresses me out. And I have to like really actively work towards like calming myself down. But then when I'm in, you know, higher stress situations, like traveling alone, for example, I'm very comfortable. So it's a bit of a win-lose situation because obviously I would like to feel calm when I just feel calm. (laughs) But I think a lot of women can relate to this because I think a lot of us have gone through a lot of trauma and we have trauma responses and we're kind of taught or we default towards hating those trauma responses. And, you know, even the man talking to me on the plane was like a micro trigger, I want to say, of like an old white guy talking to me. And I'm like, don't talk to me like you're just going to say some racist stuff and you're going to assume some racist things like those are the first things that fly through my brain in a matter of nanoseconds you know and I had that little bit of vigilant behavior like little bit of vigilant attitude like and my guard up which is what makes people not want to talk to me because like I have like a face (laughs) but this guy was courageous enough to kind of like go past that and he even told me he was like you look intimidating you're well-dressed and you know, you're like beautiful and you're highly intelligent. And he, you know, laid all the compliments on me, obviously at the beginning, because he wanted to continue talking to me. And I would like to think that they were genuine. And I think they were, because he seemed like a really genuine person. Anyway, I had this trauma response and I could easily be like, oh, you are overreacting. Why would you have this response? He was just like a nice old man. No need for you to be this way. And I think this is the kind of default we turn to when we feel these responses um, whether we're not in danger or we're not like if we're in situations with partners or friends or work or whatever we're in something similar where it reminds us of something that happened in the past and it creates a response that immediately wants us to just like fight or flee (laughs) fight or flight you know that's where that comes from and a lot of the time when we learn Um, after the fact, after we have this response or maybe even a reaction from that response and we realize that, okay, maybe this response was an over exaggeration of what reality is or maybe I overreacted to something or whatever the situation might be, we tend to turn it towards ourselves, especially as women. And I just say this as a cis woman because this is my experience and the experiences that I've um, perceived from others around me. But we tend to default to something is wrong with us. We are broken. I'm here to remind you 
the same way I remind my clients and the same way I have to remind myself, we are not broken. We have experience. We have knowledge and we have wisdom. And we use those experiences, knowledge and wisdom to have quick judgments. Psychologically speaking, we are literally hardwired to make stereotypical decisions and put things in boxes. And that is why we make stereotypes and that is why we're biased. And that's why we have all these biases and different um, phobic tendencies within us, whether that's homophobic or transphobic or racist or whatever. That's why we have these within us so that our body can better prepare us for a fight or flight situation. And we have to actively work to decipher whether or not this is a real threat or if it's not um, and that kind of thing. And the work behind actually going through those things is what's needed. What's not needed is sitting there judging ourselves for having those things. And I said this in like my very first episode, I'm pretty sure, or my second episode where I talk about privilege and I talk about how important it is to unpack your own privilege and to unpack what kind of biases you have and what's going on within yourself. It's important to unpack the trauma responses as well. And that is where therapy comes into place. And that is why it is nice to have someone and honestly really needed to have someone to help guide you through that, to process that trauma or to process the trauma responses even and to really understand where that's coming from and honestly the first step towards that is just acknowledging that the responses are there and also acknowledging that the responses are not there to make you seem broken but they're there to protect you an analogy that I used recently is envision every year of your life like every birthday that you've had, one year, one year old you, two year old you, three year old you, 17 year old you, 24 year old you, however old, all those versions are within yourself. You know, we talk a lot about the inner child and things like that. Um, but instead of thinking about it in the kind of conventional therapeutic way, think about it more like visually speaking, that little version of you at all those years old are all within you somewhere in your body, like little tiny miniature versions of you, like Lego, like a Lego person size. (laughs) So I'm 31. So I have 31 versions inside me and 30 year old me remembers exactly what it was like for something significant that happened when I was 30 years old. So if some, if I'm at 31 going to go through something similar, then 30 year old me is going to send me a little ping or notification or a letter, email, whatever metaphor analogy you want to use to be like, Hey, remember when this happened last time? Just, I'm just reminding you that this happened once and you know, this is what happened and here's all, all the information and here you go. It's just trying to, she's just trying to help me out. And that's the same thing as 22 year old me who was super young, super naive, planning her freaking wedding at the other side of the country with no help, no support, nothing. When things come up that is similar to that situ- any situation that I was in back then, 22-year-old me is going to send me a little ping. 31-year-old me, you, hello, hello. Hey, remember when 22-year-old uh, us went through this? Ha, here we go. Ha, ha. Like, that's basically what a trauma response is to me now. Like, that's how I visualize it, and that's how I can kind of, like, look at it as a metaphor. You guys know I love my metaphors. You all know I love my metaphors. Um... But yeah, like I think by doing that little exercise or even doing that little bit of visualization or a bit of understanding or acknowledging the trauma responses, we can both honor the experiences that we've been through and the lessons that we've learned from them. But at the same time, hopefully just acknowledge it rather than judge it for it being there and then get mad at ourselves for it existing. And that is something I struggled with for a really, really, really long time is the self-blame 
oh, was not expecting to get emotional, the self-blame when things came up and I was unable to work through it as fast as I could or um, see the sign coming or whatever that might be. The self-blame, I think, is the hardest part of anything when you're going through something hard like that. And it is a constant thing, and that is why self-compassion is a huge um, theme of this year. And part of that self-compassion is to acknowledge and honor the past versions of me, just trying to warn me of what's going on. And sometimes those warnings are nothing. Sometimes it's just a blip. You know, sometimes we have in our inbox, our mail inbox filled with emails that are continuous chain mails from something that happened a year ago or something. I don't know. Maybe we're part of an email thread and we're not actually part of it anymore. Or even like a group chat on Facebook or Messenger or you know, on iMessage or something like that. And um, you were invited to a group chat for something, but you're no longer part of it, but it still kind of bings once in a while. And you remember, oh yeah, that group chat was for this, or, oh yeah, that email thread was for this thing, but we don't have to look at it. We can kind of just delete it or we can kind of remove it or disregard it. But sometimes an email will come through and we're like, Ooh, that's actually important information that I should remember about something that happened during this event or during this time or during this email thread that is applicable to now. And the act of actually deciphering the messaging that comes through and deciphering whether or not something is a real perceived threat from right now or something that our past self is just trying to remind us of so that we're careful going forward, just acknowledging it and honoring it and going through that process of like sorting through and sifting through what's going on is so much more helpful to me than sitting here and blaming myself and telling myself that I'm broken um, for having these thoughts or thinking about something that I quote unquote should have gotten over or quote unquote should, should never think about again because I've healed. And it's, again, I'm talking about all these things that I've told my clients <laughs> and it's so hard for me to tell myself. And that's why I have my own therapist and that's why I have friends and I have confidants that I talk to and I, and I share it on here because it's a good reminder, not only to me, but to everybody, because it's really hard to remind ourselves of these things. It's really easy to tell our friends, these things and our coworkers and, you know, our clients, if you're a therapist and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's an important reminder to know that we are not broken. We are experienced. We have wisdom. We have wisdom and we have knowledge. And we are just taking that information and applying it to our lives the best way we know how. And the sooner that we can accept and acknowledge and honor ourselves for that and just learn how to navigate that rather than sit here and judge ourselves – for not being quote unquote perfect or quote unquote un not, I don't know, healed or not broken or whatever. <laughs> like I think the sooner we can grow and the sooner we can thrive. And I just want to bring everyone along with me in that, which is why I'm sharing this. Um, but yeah, I really did not think I would get emotional there, but there you go. It just goes to show like how, on the surface, all this stuff still is, uh, for me. And that's kind of why I'm on this journey across the freaking globe right now. I'm literally, I've literally done 
a full around the world. Like once I get home, I will have gotten fu- I will have gone fully around the world. I went from the west coast of Canada to the you know central Canada to Europe, and then over Europe and over like all there to go to Asia and now I'm going to go from Asia to West Coast Canada and go across across the Pacific. I'm going to do it around the world. Um and yeah, I think that's like why I'm on this whole trip is like to try to find that part of me and to try to like acknowledge and honor myself and to really truly do what I want to do and truly um give myself the space and love that I deserve to find that out whatever that is about life and love and career and all these types of things um but yeah I don't know how long I've been talking because I am recording directly onto my mic and I'm really hoping that it all recorded okay (laughs) um like I said I think I figured it out but I don't I don't actually know until I upload it onto my devices uh to edit so if you're listening to this, great. I've done it. I've figured it out. That's awesome. Hopefully more episodes to come on time. Um, but yeah, I think I am around 30 minutes, which is, which is good. But if not, I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, I will leave you there for now. You heard a little bit about my flight, a little bit about my connection I made with a stranger, a very kind and gentle stranger on an airplane, a little bit about trauma responses, we're just, we're not broken. And if we are feeling a little broken, it's also okay. But my point is that trauma responses don't equal being broken. Trauma responses don't equal not healed. You are healing. We are all healing. It is all happening. It is not just one and done situation. Um, another metaphor that I used is like, if you look at like a flesh wound, like if you cut your you know, finger open or something like a paper cut or whatever, and you see blood, it's very obvious that is an open wound. Like there is blood coming out (laughs) and that will heal. And if you have like a wound on your arm or something, or I don't know, you had surgery, I don't know, whatever it is, and you have stitches and you have to get it out, that wound is going to close and you're not going to bleed. You're not going to bleed out. You're going to be safe. You're good, but it's going to scab over and then that those scabs are going to eventually fall off and then you're going to be left with a scar and you know we're left with that scar and that scar will eventually over time get you know more and more less obvious it will fade the skin will regenerate that kind of thing but it all it always it, it might be there depending on how big it is it might always stay there you know like one time i got attacked by a cat and i still have the scar on my thumb like i didn't i thought that i thought it was going to go away really fast but you know I still see it and I think of the cat, (laughs) but same with our emotional and mental experiences and the wounds that we receive that way is like, it's healed. The blood's not gushing out. You know, it's not a crisis situation. There's just, there's, it's not, it's not like life or death threatening anymore, but there's a scar. And when we look at that scar, it's easy for physical wounds for us to look at the scar and be like, okay, yeah, it is healed. No worries. It's just a scar, just a reminder of what's happening. But when it's internal, it's a little harder to see that it is healed and it's not gushing. And all we remember is actually seeing the open wound because we can't physically see that it's healed and we can't physically see that it's a scar. So it's, 
understandable, I think, and valid for our brains and our bodies to feel that it is a fresh wound and is fresh cut or fresh, you know, whatever in yourself that might feel, it might feel that way. It might feel super, super fresh in that moment for a second when we are reminded of it. But then we come back to ourselves, you know, through meditation, through talking, therapy, whatever the tools might be for you. There's a lot of different ones, right? We let the mud settle down. We let the dust settle down. And then we realize, nope, this is a healed wound. I'm reminded of the scar. Maybe it got reopened a little bit depending on what happened because it is a bit more fickle and is a bit more, um, I don't know, fragile, I guess is the right word. I'm not sure. But it's okay. It'll close up. It'll heal. Like it's okay. But we're not going to look at that scar on our arm and be like, we're broken forever and ever. Um, I don't know. This metaphor might be flawed a little bit. It's, it is something I literally came up with on the spot, like not long ago today, but I just want I just love sharing these metaphors and these ideologies with everybody because whether or not they stick with you, whether or not you resonate with them, Um, If it resonates with one person, if it sticks with one person, if it helps one person feel less, a little less shitty about what they're going through and a little less alone, I always say that's always my point and my purpose of doing this and putting everything out there. So yeah, that's enough for me today. (laughs) I will leave it at that. I love you all so much. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening and thank you for hanging out with me today. I appreciate you so much. As usual, the link to the Google Doc is in the description, Instagram, email, all of that is in the description. If you want to leave a review on Apple Podcast or a rating on Spotify, that would be great. Um, or I want to, if, or you don't have to do either of those things. If you just want to message me on Instagram or email me and let me know what you thought, I would love that as well. I, you know, I always love hearing from you. But yeah, thank you again if you're listening during the day. I hope you have a wonderful day. If you're listening in the evening, I hope you have a restful night of sleep and I will catch you next time.